just so the audience knows, going into this episode, there will be spoilers. That's a so barely a spoiler. There's going to be spoilers. I smell dead people. What if, what if that was the twist? In that he smelled sense? dead people? Yeah. And he, he didn't see him. He just smelled them. Oh, he's like, no, Bruce, go away. You <laughs> fucking stink, motherfucker. <laughs> Stinky ass motherfucker. All right, and welcome, everybody, to Twin Shadows Podcast. This is a special Quentin Tarantino master review. Ah, is it a comparison and contrast? No, no, not really. No, we're not going to compare and contrast. I mean, we can, but it's not necessary. You know, it's pretty interesting because I've mentioned it before where Tarantino and PTA kind of, they respect each other a lot, and so they kind of compare themselves to each other. Yeah. And I guess maybe there's a bit of a competition there. Uh, a rivalry or something? I wouldn't say a rivalry necessarily, because it's not like they're enemies, all right? But friendly competition. All right. Yeah. So it's it's interesting to see these two movies. I, I don't know if it was fair for Once Upon a Time, because really? I'm very mixed about that movie. Well, to get in a quick synopsis, the story is, there's th- it's about three characters, uh, Sharon Tate, played by Margot Robbie, um, the wife of Roman Polanski. Uh, it's about... Uh, Brad Pitt, and uh, he's a stunt double, and Leonardo DiCaprio as a fading leading man who's stuttering too, stuttering. Yeah, who's uh, gone to be come just the villains in an episodic yeah, TV shows and then forgotten. That was his fate after all of the great work he had done. Right? Yeah, and so and and so just literally just about their lives and what happens to them in their lives. There's not really a a lot of plot. Yeah, I was seeing some remarks from the actors, like on what, how they took the story, and Leonardo DiCaprio was saying he felt like it was a day in the life of. Yeah, that's definitely a, a accurate representation because because yeah, it's not a normal arc of a story, right? Right. It's just kind of you're hanging out with them. Yeah, it's like all of a sudden, and then there's weird uh, Jeff, uh, not Jeff Bridges, uh, um, Kurt Russell, Russell, Kurt Russell, like, <laughs> Russell Crowe. If there's weird Russell Crowe, sorry, Kurt Russell. Just like over, like like him reading the story to you, like keep reinforcing that it's yeah a story. <laughs> well, this Go away, mosquito. Well, I this actually, you. Quentin said he took five years writing this because this is actually a novel. Interesting. Yeah, so it's a novel that he adapted into the screenplay. So that's oh. maybe that's why he had the narration because literally within his novel, he had the narration in there. Oh, interesting. That's pretty cool, I guess. Yeah, and supposedly only Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio have read it in full. Oh, cool. Everyone else has just read the script. Nice. That's pretty cool, I guess. Yeah. Because, you know, he he wants, you know, Tarantino wants to get out of filmmaking. Yeah. He said he's going to make 10, right? Yep. But he might stop at 9. Yeah. He, he said he will stop at Once Upon a Time if he isn't able to make the Star Trek movie. Yeah, which, I mean, it's pretty crappy, I guess. I mean, but honestly, like... Because it's not a Tarantino if, movie? If this movie is any sign, it's uh, maybe he's a little over the hill a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Sadly, huh? I mean, there were some aspects that, of the movie that were still really good, but there were just some stuff where I was just like, this is... he. You can tell it's like one of those movies where he really just made it for him because of how big of a fan he is of those old Western shows. Well, it also how felt big like... How big a fan he is of that era. Yeah. And it's like he just masturbates and like celebrates that era so hardcore throughout that, like how like interesting and, and everything was, like with the big posters and the fucking mural yeah. and like all that stuff. It's like he, it, it's like the, if you, if you like that era, you will love this movie because like, man, like it, he goes deep into like the cowboy TV shows. Yeah. And all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And even with the really weird, like them cutting, redoing movies with Leonardo DiCaprio in them instead of the original actors. Well, that was like test footage, right? That was a recording of the test. I don't even know what that was supposed to be. Yeah, it was supposed to be like a recording of the, uh, or oh. the audition. Like he got that far into auditions where they, what they'll do is they'll actually like record a scene sometimes yeah. with that actor. Yeah. So that's kind of what that was, of course, all completely played out. Yeah, I thought that was more like a, like a what if type thing. Oh, I took it like that was just his audition tape. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, I was just like, this is, it was just so weird. And like, it just felt really weird. But a lot of the Brad Pitt stuff was really cool. I like, I mean, Brad Pitt shines 
big in this film. Yeah, I, I would say he's definitely the standout, right? He is a, yeah. the star of this. Interestingly enough, right? Leonardo yeah. plays the star, but it's really Brad Pitt in this story who is the star. Yeah, and, and maybe that's maybe that even ties back into the original opening of the credits where it's that does the name their names but opposite in the credits. Oh, it does? Yeah, so like cuz when they're sitting in the car it says Leonardo DiCaprio and then Brad Pitt, yeah. but Brad Pitt sitting in Leonardo DiCaprio's uh, ah. section, and it's like I was like, oh, maybe that's okay. So that's a that's a pretty clever wink at the yeah, maybe there, yeah. Right? But I would say that this just felt like Quentin was trying hard. It's weird. I don't know. I have mixed feelings. I don't know if I love it, um, and I don't know if it was just meh, like whatever. And I'm that, definitely there and I too. think that's saying a lot because I don't think a Quentin Tarantino movie has ever been meh. Yeah. Even Death Proof, you know, because yeah. a lot of people are like, eh, Death Proof. But yeah, so I think that's like a huge, that's a really bad thing. This could be his worst movie or one of his best. I'm not really sure. I definitely need to watch it again. I feel like there was just, there's a lot going on. And there was just yeah. a lot of, I feel like there's a lot of just like weird, obscure references that I'm just like really not getting. I'm sure there was. I mean, I would say that definitely, um, son of a bitch, I forgot what I was going to say. I don't know. I don't know either. But yeah, dude, it was the acting was phenomenal. Oh, I know. All around. I know what I was gonna say. I I um You like pussy? <laughs> Everyone does. Everyone likes pussy. Uh, but I was gonna say that that's from the movie, okay? Yeah. He's not a pervert. Jesus. It's not from the Tom. movie. <laughs> no, is that maybe as time goes on, then we can look at it more objectively because I think there's a lot of bias to a Tarantino movie. Because yeah. I think a Tarantino movie always has to have that spectacular over the top aspect to it right yeah every single one of his movies have had that and so that's like very iconic of him and of course this movie has that yeah honestly i thought the movie was a little bit insulting to history well we won't get into any of that because that's pretty spoilery but i mean even just uh like in the beginning with like some of the changes they made to history like um uh can't even I had like it. him writing Bruce Lee terribly yeah, and making yes. him like this asshole who was like, yes. I'll beat the shit out of it. And kind of like phony. Yeah, he phoned, he made Bruce Lee a phony. And yeah. it's like, what the fuck? He was like, dude, you cannot talk about Master Bruce like that, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, I, I ended I landed, you did kill Bill. I landed at the, on the wrong side of this insult. Like, <laughs> I was just like, he literally has Brad Pitt kick Bruce Lee's ass. And it's like, is that to demonstrate how badass uh, Brad Pitt's character is? Or is that to demonstrate. That Bruce Lee was a phony. I mean, it was definitely to demonstrate how much of a badass Brad Pitt's character is, right? Yeah. But in the process, it felt very disrespectful to who Bruce Lee was. Because I don't think Bruce Lee ever was really a shit talker. I don't know, yeah. Like, I think he would talk big. And then, like, if he if he were to talk like, oh, I could beat so-and-so's ass. he w- I don't think he really was like that. He would just, like, smirk, like, eh, what do you think? Yeah, yeah. You know? But not being, like... I'll beat the shit out of anyone. And that's yeah, kind of how they made Bruce Lee they come made across. They made a mock like, they made the a fuck? mockery of Bruce Lee. Honestly, that's what they did. It was a mockery of it. Like cuz yeah. even the way even his, at even at its best, right? His, like it's most complimentary, yeah. it's still kind of a mockery. Yeah, because I mean, they're making fun of uh his stance and like how he would make the yeah, sounds. He's like, yeah. And they did it like so awkward sounding, yeah. right? And it was and like comical. They made yeah. that comical where he's like, Wah! "Yeah." And I mean, he just made Bruce Lee a bitch. And it's like I don't know, maybe that's cool because it shows how badass Brad Pitt is, but at the same time, it's like, dude, we, like, there's some people you just don't fuck with. Like, Bruce Lee is one of them. It's, I would, that's why I said I need to watch it again because I honestly, I feel like part of it is, like, the whole thing's weird, like, with Sharon Tate and hanging out with Bruce Lee and things like that, too. Yeah. I was just like, I'm really kind of confused, like, super confused. Well, it also felt really weird in the respect that, you know, they always say that Hollywood loves to make movies about Hollywood. Yeah. But no one outside of Hollywood really gives a shit about any of this. Yeah. And watching this movie kind of made that feel so. Yeah. I, Ma- I don't know if it was like on purpose or maybe on accident, but it just like you said, masturbatory. Yes. So it's like no one really gives a shit about how, what the life is of an actor and how difficult it is. And like, you know, it's like, dude, you still had it great. Like, I don't care like a general audience yeah yeah i can see that yeah i thought it was pretty i thought it was pretty cool i I mean the obviously some of the like the best parts were just the very sometimes it was really on the nose yes yes it was like 
DiCaprio's narration um, yeah. of the book. It's like, okay, well, I guess I don't need to figure it out myself, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks yeah. for letting me know. I, I wasn't quite sure with the great directing and acting. Yeah. So thank you for giving me kind of meaningless exposition. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely true. And then I think it was it's played out a little bit interestingly where he's discovering it along with us, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of interesting. But I mean, for the most part, dude, there's just so much weird shit in the movie that it's like, it's really hard to wrap my head around. Yeah. Like, I mean, we were pretty messed up when we watched it. But, like, yeah, at the uh, same disclaimer, we may have had massive amounts of substances. Yeah. But, like, I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Like, like, there's some weird shit happening sometimes. And, like, I wasn't sure what was real, what was fake. Yeah. Sometimes, like, everything was played out like it was perfect. Well, it was really I weird. It felt like it was all real. Yeah. But it's like, then sometimes they were, like, filming the show and. And then it would cut back to a movie, and it's like, well, this is in the past, right? And it's like, oh my god, I, maybe I was just like getting confused because I was dumb. I think you were maybe too high. I don't All know. of that made a lot of sense. I don't know. It was never confusing. She oh. just went to the movies to watch her, an actual movie of her herself. Tape. Yeah, yeah. I thought it's just weird. I thought it was all very weird. Well, yes, and you know, we're also going to be discussing the master, so I'm going to do some master comparisons. I did watch Master today also before we went to see Once Upon a Time. So very much in my mind. So that's why it's so interesting that we're reviewing both of these. And then I literally just saw these back to back. Yeah. But I was telling Kylie, the biggest issue that I had with the film is in the Master, it's played out so slowly. Everything's painstakingly slow. You have like Joaquin Phoenix just looking off into the distance and be like, yeah. And someone's like, stop boozing. You know, and, and it's like, Five minutes for that whole scene. But as pretentious as it might be, it is still very necessary and it still kind of expresses the emotion. It gets to a deeper level of what the characters are going through. So it's expanding the story. You know, it's pushing the subtlety and allowing the actors to really act. But with this, Quentin was adding all of these elongated shots and it just felt like a music video. Because you have the music blaring and you just see people driving and it looked amazing. It was a beautiful shot. But at the same time, it's like, what the fuck is this doing? Like, you probably could have saved me an hour with all of these inserts. What is this, The Revenant? So that was a little... That's true. There is a lot of inserts. But see, like, the, those scenes were played out so long, but they didn't expand upon the story. Like, yeah. they just felt like spectacle. And yeah. it was like Tarantino kind of giving into his own ego. I mean, I think you can argue that maybe it was kind of pushing the sense of being in the time. I don't know. It was you just, can argue that, but it didn't feel like that. What, what I think is interesting about, especially in regards to what you're saying, is a lot of the shots um, that lasted, like like the music cues, like the needle drops, a lot of them were just like, and then they're just like visual porn. Like it's like oh you yeah, said, it was gorgeous. Like you said, it was essentially it was really just a, an admir a, like a showing admiration for the time. Yeah. Um, I felt and like it didn't really add anything to the story. Exactly. It was literally just visual porn. Like, I mean, maybe spectacle's not good enough because it was interesting and like the recreation of I, well, it. Well, good spectacle and the is good enough. I mean, look at Marvel. Uh, Marvel sucks. I don't know. But yeah, uh, honestly, it's just like it's really cool. And like in the master, as opposed to the master, which takes its time with everything. Um, it also just kind of, but master the, the master does the same thing where it is a lot of visual porn where it's like yeah, it, but it's holding yeah, it's holding on a scene like way longer than you want it to yeah, but that's driving a deeper maybe a more emotional element of the story along you know it's this yeah emotional dialogue that you're getting visually, whereas Tarantino is like look cool, ain't this cool? I'm yeah. a cool director. Well, I mean, I don't know honestly, I think it my- felt that way. Yeah, I'm, but honestly, my biggest problem was I think I really just didn't like the Leonardo DiCaprio stuff. You didn't like his character? Like, I didn't really care I, for... I liked not, him. It's not even the character. I didn't really care for the movie stuff, any of that stuff. And exactly. Normally, and normally, I, I really dig that kind of stuff. But it wasn't really like a behind-the-scenes look. It was more like, I want to show you what I, like me my style of doing this type of show would have been like. Yeah, exactly. Because that, like, the cinematography within the show and all that... It didn't feel like a TV show, right. even though it looked like one. It felt like, yeah, it look felt like- at an amazing uh, writer-director can create. Mm-hmm. 
So it was it there again. It was that ego stroke, right? Yeah, it was very much like because I was like, I want to see like the crew and all that stuff, but no, it was like long takes and like 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 they would just walk through yeah. setups and like it was like it was like a normal movie. Maybe like Who Framed Roger Rabbit, right? When they pull back to show the cartoon and it's on stage and yeah. all the director, like that was a cool part because it just. Yeah. I think that captures a real majesty, not yeah. just holding on long takes for yeah, a TV so, yes, show. But like, but the Brad Pitt stuff is what really turned the movie around for me. He was the star of the show, right? I mean, not only that, but it's just like him, his interaction with his dog, where he lived, like all of that stuff was so was, fascinating. But he was that character, right? He was the cool guy. And yeah. sure enough, Brad Pitt is the fucking cool guy. Yeah, right? but I mean, even like down to the point where he murders his wife. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, which is interesting, right? Because he... Because he does murder the wife. Like, he... yeah. Because Katie was asking me, like, do you think he actually did it? I'm like, yeah, he showed how violent he was. Yeah. And no one questioned it, right? Everyone knew he murdered. He was OJ. Mm hmm. Well, I think there's actually a story about this. I bet there is. There is. And um, it's about a, a famous actress that was killed off a boat. And yeah, dude. Yeah. What's that? That's his name? fucking uh, Natalie Wood, bro. Yeah. I think it's a reference Christopher to Christopher Walken was yeah. on that. I think it's a reference to Natalie Wood. Oh, I didn't even catch that. You're right. Yeah, Christopher Walken was on that boat. Yeah. But like it was at the start of his career. Yeah. And they're just like, what happened to her? And he was like, I was so drunk, I don't really know. Well, the story is she fell off the boat. She yeah. was drunk and she fell off the boat. Yeah. But everyone has and you know, walk and you don't talk normal anymore. Yeah. yeah. That was pretty good. But yeah, I think I was like, that was definitely a call out to that. That's how what I was feeling anyway. Oh, okay. You know what? That flew right over my head. Because he had, like, the harpoon aimed at Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Like, you're totally yeah. right. Yeah. And because, like, the whole, like, part of his whole thing, too, was kind of, like, changing history. Like, kind of changing what happened, like, and re... Like in Glorious Bastards. Yeah, ex it, but it, to a way further extent. To an extent... No. Yes. They kill Hitler in Glorious Bastards. No, you can't but, get further than but that. But what I'm saying in this is, like, to a further extent where it's, like, it's changing way more than just one event in history. Like... I mean, it's changing, like, the, the Sharon Tate murders. It's changing the what happens to uh, the Manson family and changes what happens to... Yeah. But changes about Bruce Lee and freaking... Uh, oh. On, like, all of these movies and TV well, shows Well, that is and why stuff. it's called Once Upon a Time. Yeah, exactly. So, right there within the title, he's telling you, this is a fantasy. Yeah, it's completely... It's, it's weird Go because along it's, with my fantasy. Yeah, it's a complete fictionalized version of Hollywood. Oh, absolutely. I think every, like them, every filmmaker gets... You know, they become delusional from Hollywood, yeah. and and I think that pours through. But their even films like later even life. down to where it's like there's no traffic, they're speeding everywhere, right? <laughs> they're like just speeding through the town. Yeah, like, it's like I've been to L.A. and shit ain't that fast. Yeah, I'm like, dude, they're literally going like he's going like 50, 60 miles an hour on the surface streets, just like weaving between traffic. Like, Everyone was right. Everyone yeah. like was a race car driver in that movie. Yeah, and I was like, what the fuck is like this is so bizarre. Like, why is it? Why, what was the choice for all this? Like. To show, like, because it's just like, it, I think it just that plays up on the fantasy. Well, that's what, yeah, probably, definitely. I mean, I I can see maybe there there being rationale behind a lot of the choices. Yeah, but I think the execution was poor. Yeah. So I think that you know that's saying a lot about Quentin. And I was I was talking to Kylie because you know, oh, I know what I was going to say. Also, is that how early the how when you get to the end of the film, you're not surprised. He delivers on. Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. And Quentin Tarantino movies always have the same thing. They always have the bang and lots of blood, right? Yeah. That's every every Quentin Tarantino movie, this climax. Yeah. That's and true. I was telling Kylie, like, this this gave you the exact same thing. This gave you Quentin. That's why when it happens, everyone's like, oh, yeah, that's the best part of the movie. Because that's what they wanted to see. They wanted to see classic Quentin. Yeah. And that's what's in the movie. I was telling her, it seems like a failed opportunity because I've seen that a million times. I know what the classic Quentin is. Nine times. I've seen it nine <laughs> times. So I was telling her it would have been really cool if maybe he does kill Sharon Tate and it's through their perspective of seeing the murders. Yeah. And then you play it like a scary movie. And this could be like some overblown scary movie. Yeah. Well, they definitely had some pretty scary scenes. Yeah, they did. So I was like, damn, I wish they would have continued that and then I would have been able to see Quentin in a different style. Yeah. You know, I would have been. I would have seen a Quentin Tarantino horror movie. How cool is that? Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, because Death Proof doesn't really. Oh no, that's yeah. you know, you know, that's a grindhouse movie. But this could have been an yeah. op opportunity, like uh, you know, Fincher's Zodiac. Yeah, or Seven. I mean, 
seven, right? Yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah, well, I mean, because the scary scene in the movie was played very well. Like, oh, yeah. It was terrifying. Yeah. When he's walking through the house and fucking Dakota Fanning, crazy ass Dakota Fanning is. She's so phenomenal, right? She's such a phenomenal actress. Yeah. A lot of the like minor characters were really, really good. Well, it's fucking Quentin Tarantino, right? You want to yeah. be in Quentin Tarantino, maybe his last movie? Yeah, yes. exactly. I mean, uh, like, I'll I was. Do it for free. I was I was kind of sad there was no Samuel Jackson. There's not a single. Yeah, me too. I was like, dude, you gotta have Samuel Jackson, dude. You yeah. gotta give him something. If this is your final film, yeah, dude. Maybe he'll be Spock in the Star Trek movie. I do not fucking feel things. God damn it, you <laughs> motherfucker! Your fucking ass is not logical, motherfucker. God damn, motherfucker, Captain Kirk. What I tell you? God damn, fucking tired of these motherfucking god- snakes on a plane. These goddamn troubles on this fucking starship. Tired of these goddamn travels. But, yeah, I mean, I definitely, I don't know how I feel about this movie yet. Yeah, I definitely, it's something I want to think about and I want to see again before I really think. Well, I, let's see it at the new Beverly. Yeah, I really want to do that. Yeah. Like, that'll be a good way to send it off too, right? And maybe we'll watch it sober. Yeah, because I mean, this movie is like so, I don't know, I can't, the, word I, the word I can't get out of my head is weird. It's so weird because it's really not like any movie I've ever really seen before because there's not, it, there's no ABC. There's no narrative. There's no ABC plot. There's no. Right, there's no narrative, right? And then it just the story can just randomly jump whenever it wants, and Which like it does, and goes back in time whenever it wants, and like, like what? It, it, yeah. Okay. Let me stop you real quick. That's something I don't get. Okay. Like some of the time situations. So when Josh Dermel, no, t- Timothy Oliphant, get yeah. confused. Um, when he goes to speak to Brad Pitt, because Brad Pitt, <laughs> Brad Pitt, Leonardo DiCaprio, because he's the villain. And this pilot. Yeah. And Timothy Oliphant's the, the good guy. Yes. So they're having a discussion and Timothy Oliphant doesn't have a hat. And then we hear like a weird... And then he has a hat on. But they yeah. both do. That's weird. And w- w- was that signifying the passage of time? I don't know. I don't know what that was. I felt like that was like an old schooly weird like editing fuck up That's thing. what I felt like. I felt like they were trying to do a f- stupid editing mistake. Yeah. That's what I felt. It felt very deliberate editing mistake. That's awful. Yeah, it was. That was that was so unfunny and terrible. Yeah, that was really, oh really God, bad. That was so bad. Okay, thank you for clarifying. Yeah. Sorry, as you were continuing on with time. Yeah, so like, the, like and it's just, it, the story doesn't really feel structured in any way. Like, the actions of the characters are just, they just feel completely random um, for the most part. Except, like, you know that Brad Pitt's a badass. Like, and yeah. like, because it's just, I don't know. I mean, a badass to times 10, right? Like, leave it to Tarantino <laughs> to make a guy that bad. But I will, but I will say the, that, you know, you, how you mentioned, like, everyone was just waiting for that Tarantino part. We've seen it a million times, but goddamn, it just feels fun to see it. And like, when he pulls out that flamethrower, like, it's just like, <laughs> come on, how do you fucking beat that? That was so badass. Like, like, I, it, like, it was perfect Tarantino in a sense. But at the same time, it was like, yeah, we've seen this a thousand times, but goddamn, is it fun? Like, it, oh no, it's great. I mean, no one can do it like Tarantino. Yeah, but and like, just the violence in this movie is fucking violent. Oh yeah, my but still, gosh. it was like I, I kind of wanted maybe to see something new. Like, I would have been vastly far more intrigued. Oh yeah, this. I don't think this movie can get higher than a seven for me. Like, I think like I think it can go higher for me. I just have to get on board, and I'm not on board at all. So it just comes yeah. off as terrible ideas. Yeah. So I mean, I, I'm my my grade right now is going to be a seven out of ten. Yeah. Just like the master for me, when I saw the master the first time, it was like, oh my god, this is the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. Okay, it wasn't that bad. It's not near yeah. nowhere near that bad. But I thought it was like so boring. I was like, okay, PTA, you 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 gone too far this time, man. Yeah. Um, I tried watching it twice, and each time I fell asleep and never finished the movie. But, of course, finished it today. Yeah. Had to watch it. And it was like, uh, he's the master. <laughs> PTA's the master. Yep. Master PTA. I told you, you were giving me so much shit because I was like, like, I was liking that movie. <laughs> yes. And and that movie, I think I think they're very comparable movies because that one's kind of like, where is this going? They're both... Do you know what? They're both very artor. One, one's a day in the life. Masturbatory. Yes. One's a day in the life, right? For once upon a time. Yeah. The other one's uh, once a week in the life. 
Yeah. Right? It's just a little bit longer, but still very much the same. Just yep. two different styles. And one was masterful throughout production as PTA, I would say, is one of the greatest directors ever. Yeah, he definitely is. Like, he's definitely has some of the best cinematography ever. Yeah. And Tarantino's? It was the like... cinematography wasn't really there. I, Tar- even the story and stuff. And it was like, man, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. He... Maybe he stereotyped himself, you know? Maybe he was a little bit like Jack Dalton. I think he's just a little bit... Right, where he has to do this Tarantino-esque film, and whenever he tries to do something different, people just say, it was weird, I had mixed reviews. Yeah, and I think he did try some a lot of things different in this. And that was what... Maybe that was the most off-putting part, because just because he tried something different doesn't it mean it was good. natural. It just, it just right? didn't feel good. Yeah, like, it doesn't feel natural. Wouldn't yeah, you? like, the weird... It was just... It was really just the, the show... When they were doing the show stuff, that was just it just really threw me off. I I wasn't into that at all. I'm just thinking the whole structure of it, um, and I, like maybe I don't have a lot a, of the it's because I don't have a good appreciation for like the gun smoke and and the bonanza in that era. But like even I if never, you don't, you shouldn't because that's a very niche audience, right? Like, but I feel like that's what that was playing to the whole movie. Oh yeah, absolutely to a deeper level. But is he really even that group? necessarily yeah right? well but, but even work where he's like he's a totally he's totally a kid at this time if anything yeah it's just weird dude i don't know that's what i'm saying Are but yeah so like, yeah let's get yeah. our final ratings and then we'll go on to the master okay so for me seven out of ten i definitely want to watch it again and that could that, that yeah for vast, me right now vastly change for me right now seven out of ten yeah maybe less maybe six I would de- highly recommend people go see this but right now, theaters. Seven. Oh yeah, I mean, go support Quentin. It's still a great movie. Like, yeah, like we're shooting on it really hard. We are, <laughs> but still, it's one of the best movies that have I've seen this year. Oh, absolutely, and it's t- like above and beyond so many other movies at any time. You yeah, know, Quentin Tarantino still is a masterclass filmmaker at a very high degree, and when he does a project, he always succeeds to some great extent. Yeah. I love you, Quentin. Hire me. I'll show you my toes. Let's talk about that, man. Oh, oh yeah. How many goddamn toe shots were there? Uh, if you have any kind of foot fetish, this movie is going to be like heaven to you. I think there's probably like seven or eight specific toe shots that are just for about people walking in feet or barefoot or feet against glass or whatever it is. And yeah. though I will say that that one scene is pretty damn sexy. What's with pussy cat in the car. Oh, when her feet are pressed against the glass? No, when she's like, you know, do you want me to suck your dick on the way? And then yeah. they have that conversation, then she just lays her head on his lap. Oh. I was like, this is very effective, Quentin. You son of a bitch. <laughs> also, it was like, where are they going with this? Because Brad Pitt shows himself to be moral and yeah. not wanting to do it because she's too young. But then he lets her sit on his crotch and then he like holds her hand and very flirtatious throughout. So it's kind of this yeah. weird, like, Lolita thing still going on. Because, like, well, why does he give a shit after that? Because she doesn't seem like a cool person, really. She's just a hippie, right? Yeah. So that, that felt a little weird. It was weird. It was all weird. But, yeah, so so The Master. We talked oh. a little bit about The Master. Paul Thomas Anderson's masterful film. I mean, I don't know how else to say it. It's a beautiful, very, very pretentious, but very beautiful Wonderful story, and it's a pretty crazy film. Honestly, it kind of is. Why don't you go into the synopsis of the story? So the movie is about a World War II veteran coming home from the war with no real aim or direction in life. Like, he tries, he gets a few jobs, but because of his, like, violent drunkenness, he always gets fired. Um, And eventually, he accidentally comes onto the boat of the master. Philip Seymour Hoffman, a a very L. Ron Hubbard esque send off. Like even the way that they made his hair look, he looked. He was Ron L. Hubbard. He, he is not for legal matters. Right? Yes, he's definitely L. Ron Hubbard, one hundred, one hundred percent. And uh, the film is essentially about what it means to control people's minds, how to help free yourself, and like the really the positive and negatives of these of this weird cultish experiences um because yeah. it's a blend of a few different kinds of cults yeah. not just scientology because it definitely made the 
cult aspect feel very weird and phony and fake, right? Yes. But then there is evidence that Joaquin throughout the story does improve and he becomes a better man. And right. he's basically rescued. Yes, he's saved by the master. He truly is. Yeah. And in a way, he saves the master, but like, but the master's almost like just pure evil. He's oh, he just, is. Yeah, he's just like, it's so crazy. It's like, he plays, he's the, it is the greatest it is his bullshit artist performance of all time. No one's done it better than Philip Seymour Hoffman in this movie. Well, it, within the story, he does a toast for his his daughter and um, the son-in-law. Yeah, Remy Malik. Yes. And within the toast, he, he does a story about uh, finding a dragon, and he will wrestle it, and he will make it his pet, and he will tell it to sit and when to eat. And so that is the story of his relationship with Joaquin Phoenix. Because yeah. Joaquin is this dragon, this ferocity. You know, you never know how he's going to react. Like, yeah. he's, it feels so tense every scene he's in because you don't know if he's just going to go volatile. Right. Right? I mean, you don't know if he's just going to start attacking yeah. people. So there is, like, a lot of unease to that movie, especially with the way they play things out. And you see that Philip Seymour Hoffman not only stops, like squelches that but he stops it completely and completely transforms joaquin phoenix into a pet a yeah. ferocious animal like he kept calling him an animal yeah into his pet his slave yeah exactly so so that was pretty cool i, I was like oh shit joaquin's the drag he's the dragon i know pta i yeah. understand i understand <laughs> yeah exactly and like the cool one of the coolest things about the master is uh is their relationship because it feels like the only real authentic relationship is their relationship. Right? Yeah, because... But it's still not. Because, but yeah, exactly. But but Philip Seymour Hoffman is still playing... He's still playing because he's trying to become in control of of uh, Joaquin the whole time. Yeah. And it's just that... It's just so crazy, like, the evolution of it as we watch it. Like, and because, like, and you and just, like, the way that they get into his mind. Yeah. And the, the, the auditing or whatever the Scientology thing is that they have to do. Yeah. Where they answer the questions. Like, that's one of the most intense scenes ever, right? Which one? With the don't blink, I'm going to ask you the questions. Oh, yeah. That was, like, a climax of the movie. That yeah. was a, the small little yeah. climax. Right yeah, there. where it's, like, you know, like, have you had sex with someone in your family? Like, did you enjoy having sex with your aunt? Blah, blah, blah. And it's, yeah. like, holy. Very sh- intense movie with how slow paced the movie was and how like monotone it was right like nothing ever happened so yeah you don't expect like the actual volatile eruption because that's not incongruity with the the theme of all of this right yeah it's just but still within that he he captures this intensity and this excitement right within the slowness yeah there is that tension that he captures which is i i think it takes a real master to know how to express that convincingly yeah honestly the movie's called the master but it honestly i mean pta is the master like i don't know so how i should have just been a picture of pta on the cover yeah. instead like it's so crazy like he's just like the like he's coordinating this masterful thing and it's just like the cinematography the music the acting yeah. all the like everything in that movie is just so spot on and so interesting yeah. And I mean, even there's though there's parts that just go on too long, and you're like, okay, I'm ready to, yeah, I'm ready to move it's on. It's on the verge of, what were you saying? Uh, but it's like honestly, but to me, it was like no pretension, pretentious, yeah, yeah. But I was gonna say like some of the scenes are, but it's like it's like the scenes are like having like a, a spoonful of like uh, like say pudding or something, yeah. And but it's like you're constantly there's too much pudding, like too yeah. much good stuff, like. You're yeah. ready for it to move on. You're ready to swallow the pudding and, and move on. <laughs> yeah, I swallow that, you know? But, like, the movie's just, like, it just holds on, like, th- such intensity and such weird stuff for so long yeah. where you're just, like, that your mouth's so full of the good stuff, that good pudding, man. You just can't swallow, and you're just, like, joking. it's choking you, man. Yeah. But it feels so good because it does have a purpose throughout, which yeah. is the crazy part. So that's why it it's tastes almost good too, pretension. Yeah. Because if it didn't have a purpose, it'd be like, yes, this is very pretentious, actually. Yeah, yeah, but it does, and it's, like, Jesus, and it's just like just watching the the de-evolution of a person in a, yeah. in a lot of ways. What did you think of the sound design? I thought it was really interesting. I mean, it's spot on. It was amazing, but it was very interesting, the choice and the intensity, like sometimes yeah. the closeness of it. Or, right, exactly. Or like when he's running from the, because um, he, he almost kills someone in Salinas, California, yeah. with his hooch. 
and then they're chasing him and you just hear him like, <laughs> like yeah. just this real panicked run, you know, and they're just holding all that and you're like, <gasps> like, you're like, fuck, who breathes like that? <laughs> who runs so tired they're breathing like that? So yeah. it just adds this extra element there. Yeah, I mean, and just like, man, it's just so crazy, like, and how loud and crazy that's when he's singing at the end is. Yeah, that was so bizarre, right? Like, yeah. after a while, you're just like, whoa, this is really disturbing. Yeah, and it's just like, I don't know if he's just like gone full mad at that point, but it's just like... I think so, right? He's just yeah, trying like, every ounce of manipulation he can to get his friend to stay. Yeah. And it's like, and, he, and then Joaquin realizing, like, we were never friends, like, you were just my master, like, yeah. I'm... I got to be free. Yeah, because he's still that dragon. He's still that wild animal. Yeah. He couldn't control that nature. Yeah, it was. And then he even says, you know, in the next life, I will be your worst enemy. Right? If they ever meet in another lifetime. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a very, very well done and very much pushed along, like in the slower moments by the score. What did you think of the, the music there? It did remind me like precursor to Phantom Thread. Yes. Very much so, but god damn it, I love that soundtrack. I, the music was always so spot on because like I feel the thing is it pairs so well. Like beautiful sounding music pairs so well with beautiful cinematography, like beautiful wide shots. That's your film porn right there. Yeah, right? that is like really just like god damn, like I'm hard as a rock watching this shit. Like, oh my god. Like it's so good. It's so crazy and it's so it's so I mean, I don't know, it's I think it's wonderful, man. It's just wonderful. Yeah. Um, but, uh, like, I mean, even like the parts that I think were probably slow and unnecessary, it's just like, I think it's just me almost being fatigued from, like, oh, definitely. from like good stuff. Like you're, you're th so much information, it, so much visual, so much, like all this, so it, much stimulating things are thrown at you. Well, you get a little tired. I think that's being a little romantic. I think it was just also because the shit was very slow and boring. Okay. Let's admit this is a bit of a boring movie. It's, the, it's boring. You ain't going to have a good time. You ain't going to go pardon after this movie. This isn't the movie you watch to hype you up. This isn't the movie you put on on a Sunday afternoon. This is a movie you will only want to watch once because it is... Nothing happens, man. It's kind of a boring-ass movie. It's, there's a lot that happens, man. It's deep, man. We're pretentious, buddy. We're it's too deep. pretentious. It's boring, but it's fucking amazing that it's boring, and it's great. I mean, I love boring movies. Because I, I dig that pretentious yeah. shit. I love that stuff. But let's be honest. Give it, it to me, it, man. Know, that, all day, all night. Like, we're kissing its ass. But it is, like, I'd probably watch Once Upon a Time before I'd watch The Master again. Oh, absolutely. I'm never yeah. watching The Master ever again. I mean, maybe, <laughs> maybe, like, if I needed to show someone it, I'd watch it again. Yeah. Or if there was, like, a screening, I'd love to see that movie in a, in a big screen theater. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, which, speaking of which, because I was noticing, like, in the close-ups, there was really shallow depth of field, so I was like, what the fuck is this? And I looked up what it was shot on, and I was like, I bet this is Phil knowing PTA, because, right, he only shoots on film, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah. So I was like, uh, I bet this is, like, IMAX-type film, and sure enough, it was shot in 70 millimeter. Yeah. So that's why it looks so beautiful, right. you know? It's so such a sharp image. Such yeah. a huge negative. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, well, dude, like, the... This movie's got a lot of crazy, like, the backstory, like, a lot of the stuff that happened is pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, like, that scene where he's destroying the bathroom. Ugh. He wasn't supposed to actually destroy it. Oh, really? And that was, like, an actual authentic antique toilet. No From shit. the time period. Not a fake. A, a real thing. They, were, they shot that in a, um, like, a museum area. A thing that, like, uh, like a, that, 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 that bathroom setup was yeah. in, like, in a museum, and that's where they shot it. The jail, I mean. Yeah. And uh, and he actually destroyed the freaking real life oh, antique. Oh shit! So that was yeah. his uh, Tarantino with the hateful eight, <laughs> right? Yeah, where where Kurt Russell broke that antique guitar. Yeah, damn, dude, that's crazy. But that was such a good. It was worth it. Yeah, <laughs> it's at least recorded in a insanely tense moment. <laughs> yeah, especially once the Scientologists take over the world. Yeah, you know this. We're gonna need to. This is going to be the underground shit. Yeah, that's so crazy, man. That's crazy. So I was noticing the cinematography. It was very beautiful. It was this whimsical dancing movement of cinematography. Yeah. Kind of like the music. But I could tell it was probably done by a different DP than Phantom Thread because he did Phantom Thread, right? Yes. I don't think he did the cinematography for The Master, did he? I don't know. Can you look up? Uh, the cinematography for... The Master. The master. It wasn't him for sure. 
Oh, you're sure? Yeah, hundred percent. Okay, then there you go. So if it, yeah, I did see like, okay, PTA, you're great, but you you do need a DP. Yes, because seeing this this cinematography compared to the Phantom Thread was a, a stark difference because this was just beautiful throughout, right? Like, yeah, so was the Phantom Thread, but this one just had that extra. Yeah, it was done by Mihai Malamere. Junior. That guy sounds like he has to be good, right? That's yeah. like a good sounding DP name. Yeah, but yeah, he's uh, yeah. So the for cinematography in this is top notch. Some of my most, some of the most beautiful shots probably in 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 cinema history, really. Like, oh I, yeah, I, it was that gorgeous. Like I couldn't imagine seeing this on an IMAX screen. What you would just float away. Like you wouldn't. Your body, your consciousness would cease to exist. I mean, every aspect, even down to the acting. The acting in this is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Amy Adams plays a crazy fanatic wife oh, yeah. so well. Philip Seymour Hoffman, this is his best performance probably ever. I mean, he's playing, like, he's acting the greatest bullshit artist of all time, essentially. And he does it perfectly yeah. because... He never skips a beat. Because it doesn't become fake until it's supposed to be. Yeah. And he is convincing in both elements. It was right. just so insane... Because that's what really got me into this movie. Because it was like, P.T. Anderson's doing a movie with Joaquin Phoenix and Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. Yes. When? When can I see this? <laughs> yeah. And sure enough, I mean, Joaquin Phoenix was fucking stellar. Yes. Like, he made fucking you... so superb. And Philip Seymour Hoffman hit that level too. And maybe even surpassed it. Yeah. Like, he, they both did such phenomenal Yeah, it's beautiful. Jobs. Joaquin the Phoenix acting was insane. literally makes you afraid of him. Just because of his posture. Yeah, like just that entire face. time, like I was saying, that intensity it had where you thought he might pop off at any moment. Yeah. And that's his acting, right? He convinces yeah. you that he's that I'm surprised he dangerous. had teeth just from gr- how Marty gr- grinded his <laughs> jaw. Like, Damn, he's such a good actor. Man. He's perfect. That's a, you, you make a great point. You make a great point. I never even saw it that way. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know what else to say, man. That oh. Was- also, what did you think about the um, casting just throughout that movie? I think whoever casted that deserved an, an Academy oh, Award right there yeah. because not oh, even shit. just the main guys. You still had Amy Adams. You had Rami Malek, who's a, yeah. you know, an Oscar winner. Pim and Slippy Slipkins or whatever the hell that yeah, guy's name is. Yeah, whoever that is. But there was like a the ton- guy that played his son. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a really good actor yeah. too. Did Ron Plimmons, John Plimmons. Yeah, so they had so many different really good actors throughout. It was like, damn, this... This felt like the Thin Red Line to me. Yeah. And honestly, this film kind of, it had a lot of those beats, right? Where it kind of, there was intensity and then there was this huge introspective moment. Yes. Except one was to life and existence and then the other one was in service yeah. of the story. That's actually, and one was, one is war and one is humanity. Like, and yeah. like, and, and mind and control and, and like, damn, do you like, because it's so crazy, the juxtaposition, because there are, they're both this epic, Hugely large, deep story. Yeah, they're trying to go bigger than what a movie can. Yeah, exactly. And that's where Once Upon a Time failed because it felt like they were, he was trying to do that, but he couldn't. I don't know. To me, it felt like he was just being a fan, like too much of a fan and not enough of a filmmaker. Exactly. He was too well, big of a fan. There you go, still. Yeah, he was too big of a fan of the of the cowboy stuff from the time. He was too big, yeah. and he just tried to do that. Because this was almost he, a Western. Yeah, he tried to... I mean, to, this was a Western, right? He tried to mimic that instead of just doing his own thing again. Yeah. Which, I was like, uh, so so much of the movie just feels like a mimic, like a fake, something fake, inauthentic a little bit. But see... Where the other half, the Brad Pitt stuff, feels very Quentin Tarantino. It's very Pulp Fiction feeling. It, it very it harkens back a lot to that early wonderful work that uh, Jackie Brown things like that like that shines through on Brad Pitt's side of the story. Yeah. But damn, the Leonardo stuff is just feels like a mimicry. It feels well. See, not, that's why I'm saying like he typecast himself as Tarantino, right? Because the moment he tries to do something different with Sharon Tate and Leonardo DiCaprio, it's just not intriguing. Yeah, because we want Tarantino. We don't want him doing something different. So maybe that's also why he feels like he needs to get out because he has to be Tarantino. Yeah, maybe. He maybe he just, feels stifled. Yeah, he can't be yeah. a filmmaker. And already, like, there was an article that I wanted to go over. I was going to read it, but I can't read right now. Uh, anyways, it was like, do we need another Tarantino movie? I think it was on the New York Post article there. Yeah. Do we need another Tarantino movie? Aren't we tired of the schlock? And it was coming off like maybe it was talking about him being a misogynist with his portrayal of women. What like the, the hell? 
because I mean the feet is like him seeing their I don't know boobies but, uh, and butt, right? I mean, but at the same time though, he always writes really strong female characters. Well, and then Brad Pitt beats the shit out of, you know, women and they light one on fire. Yeah, but they are also the aggressors. I mean, they're Well, also and then that that was who killed for Helter Skelter, right? It was yeah. those actual three, right? Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but like I mean to me if it, like he always like even just with the the pussy thing, like it's just a silly joke. Yeah. But I mean she was a badass character and she was very like very cool and interesting. Yeah. And like all that stuff I thought was really interesting. Dakota Fanning was like really scary and like wouldn't want to fuck with her in that movie. Oh, she, I mean, she's just so fucking great. I thought it was going to be like a 65-year-old woman, but it said <laughs> just Dakota Fanning pops out, and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, and I was like, oh, yeah, she's in this movie. I saw her name in yeah. the credits. But, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Honestly, I mean, I really, I liked it. I liked Once Upon a Time, but at the same time, dude, I hated at half of it. So, like, it, so like how, it's hard to, to justify that. But it's, it's interesting to see, like, the juxtaposition of these very similar movies. Yeah. Right? And then just the fact that, like, the master, they have the story of the dragon and yeah. wrestling it. That is such a beautiful, poignant moment. It's almost a little too much. Yeah, the story you, goes on and on. Yeah, yeah, but it tells you perfectly what is going to happen between these two central characters. Yes, it's, exactly. It's, it's foreshadowing the entire story, yeah. really. Yeah, honestly, it is. Tarantino did that with um, Leonardo sitting in his casting chair, hanging out before, you know, anyone's on set. And he's talking to this little girl about this story. Yeah. And then it's basically representing the entire emotional arc and the story and where it's going to go and everything with for Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. And it comes off so on the nose, unnecessary, right? It's like, dude. Yeah, we kind of already knew. Yeah, like, if you, if you need to do this to convince us, Tarantino, then you... I don't know. It just felt like... I. That's kind of a bad way to put it, but it just felt like just awful it just it wasn't well executed at all yeah i mean that but that side of the story right well that's just like an example of the entirety of both these films because i mean don't get me wrong there was some cool stuff with the with leo's character um i just really didn't like some of the the old westerny stuff like i I mean normally i really love that stuff but in this i don't know i just wasn't i really wasn't feeling it it was like quentin tarantino does a a 50s western but it's like it doesn't work because Quentin is just dialogue. Yeah. And like there wasn't like they tried to play with that like schmarky fucking uh prairie and the lamb or whatever, like little house on the prairie bullshit. Like that's yeah. kind of talking. Yeah. But then at the same time making very Quentin dialogue and it's just it just doesn't work for me. Yeah, it just felt too too obvious. It was just weird, right? It just felt yeah. weird. Yeah, see that's what I said. The number one word I would say about this movie would be weird. So what would you rank the master then? The master to me is Possibly a 9 or a 10 out of 10. Really? 10 out of 10 possible? Yeah. Damn. Yeah, I mean, it's so beautiful and compelling. And then, like I said, like go, go watch Going Clear, the Scientology documentary. Oh, and, yeah. If you know about Scientology, it's like, holy shit. This yeah. is, you're right. This it, is what it was like. This is terrifying. Yeah, it, elevates the, that, it elevates the story so much because they're... The stuff that you're watching, you're like, this is such bullshit. Is actually yeah. fucking real accounts of you're stuff. You're seeing the real crazy shit this thing is. And yeah. It is insane. It's like, it's captivating. It's super yeah. interesting, isn't it? It yeah. is. And it does have an allure to it because you, you know, so many powerful people are a part yeah. of it. So how dangerous can it be? Because they're still alive. Yeah. And they're doing great. So maybe it's, this uh, isn't so bad for me. Yeah, it's scary for sure. So it does have a charm to it and they maintain it. Even yeah, throughout the horror, right? Yep. I mean, but yeah, I mean, there's not too much I could say. I mean, if you have never seen The Master, watch Going Clear or read about some Scientology stuff, like yeah. L. Ron Hubbard specifically, and then watch it so that, like, because, I mean, maybe you're, like, you're, because it's not exactly a retelling of that. It's, like, paying homage to that. Yeah. Um, But, man, does it do, do it so beautifully and so scarily accurate. Like, it just feels real. It feels so real. Like it feels like they're you're well. You're, it doesn't feel real, dude. Because the way they talk, no one takes like five seconds to return with a quippy remark. Like I feel like that's almost how it was, though. No, like, dude, that's too fake, man. No, it's, that was too much. Like that was so dramatized. No, it, this yeah, movie yeah, you're right. is extreme. It's melodramatic. Yeah, but I feel like that's almost maybe I'm just holding Scientology to that melodramatic level. Like the the stories of it and everything. I think that might be a PTA thing because that's how the Phantom Thread was too. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. That's yeah. just kind of how he writes dialogue. Yeah, that's just 
he likes making that kind of movie. So what about you? Did you you, you didn't give it a, a number? Uh, I would probably say maybe a nine. Okay, I would give it a nine. Definitely great. I mean, PTA he shows why he is masterful. I think he's probably up. He's probably one of the greatest filmmakers of all time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know it's it's shitty to say of all time. Like, who knows what's gonna happen in fifty years? But of our time now, yeah, he's one of, of the our time, he's of one of the greatest of all ever. Yeah, like he everything he does is beautiful. Yeah, like even the Phantom Thread, which I was like, oh, I mean, it was still like, well, okay, yeah, I can still appreciate. Like, I can I tune it. out, but I could return to it and appreciate something yeah. throughout. It wasn't like. I loved Phantom Thread so much. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Yeah, because you're, dude, you're, you're <laughs> turning, buddy. You're turning. I was bit by the pretentious, pretentious wolf. All right. Well, uh, with some closing things, uh, Rutger Hauer. Oh, like tears in rain. Tears in rain. I cry okay. for him. Yes, he passed away. Yeah, our lovely. On my birthday of all days. Our which lovely is nice. Roy Batty. Yeah, has passed. Yeah, so he really amazing actor. You know, I yeah. had a I had a lame ass dream that if I ever were to make it in Hollywood, you know, you know, like how Tarantino had Michael Clark in all of his movies. Yeah, like he had his older go to person. I was yeah. like, that's gonna be mine, Rutger Hauer. Yeah, he's he's an amazing actor, man. Oh, he's yeah. an amazing actor. Yeah, dude. That's I mean, it's just really sad. Mine's Nick Nolte, dude. Nick Nolte, man. I hope that fucker is on call. Oh, really? Nick Nolte's the greatest. I'll never be able to go on set. You're like, get that goddamn bitter. <laughs> What's up with that in Once Upon a Time? It was like, Tarantino's like, oh, I can't talk shit on black people. I can't have any more black people racist shit in my movie. Yeah, but he Let made, me go to the next thing, Mexicans. We're just going to shit on Mexicans he the did, whole time. He did make a lot of Mexican jokes. Yeah, a lot of beater a lot, jokes. A lot of them. I mean, I think it's hilarious because I know it's tongue-in-cheek and, and yeah. he's being real, right? Yeah, that's a thing, yeah. So, it, but it was just funny. It was like, oh, okay, he can't talk about black people no more because everyone's going to be like, God damn, Quinton is a fucking racist. Well, there's also no black people in that movie. There's like two, I think, yeah, but none I'm of them I'm pretty talk. sure there's some black people in uh, Hollywood land. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm guessing. Yeah, there's a few. But there's none in this movie. Yeah. God damn, racist Quinton. <laughs> but yeah, man, I don't really have too much else to say. I think this is a, a wrap up this neat, nice little p- podcast. Yep. Uh, for final thoughts, you know, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was a good movie. Go check it out. Definitely. Go watch it. Go support Quentin. Let, yeah. let show the studios that we need more movies like this. Yes. If there's a movie to hit a billion, let it not be Endgame, but let it be Once Upon a Time. And the master, fantastical, wonderful, one-of-a-kind masterpiece. Yeah. Just make sure you drink some coffee. 10 out of 10 and be ready. Be ready with that coffee. All right. And cut. Cut.